You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Worshipology podcast. This is a podcast for worship teams, worship leaders, and worshipers of Jesus. And uh, today's guest, I probably met Jasmine um, I don't know. How, how long ago was it, Jasmine, when we started doing stuff with the Bridge Ministry there in Nashville? You know, I want to say it was like six or seven years ago. It was a long time. Yeah, so I, I've, I've been seeing your face for a long time. Every Thursday we would uh, connect really quick because we would swing by the Bridge Ministry. We'd pick up uh, some food bags and take them to schools all across Metro Nashville area. And uh, Jasmine has such a cool story. She's been leading worship, writing songs, releasing music for a while now. And uh, just excited to have you on the podcast. Say what's up, Jasmine oh, Brady. thank you so much for having me. I'm really <laughs> excited to be on the podcast today. Now, now, full name is Jasmine Christmas Brady, right? That's right. My mom is Candy Christmas. Um, so way back in the early 2000s when Gaith, like Bill Gaither and the Gaither homecoming thing was at its height, she was one of the... Um, the main acts that was traveling with him and incidentally they were um they were playing like 20,000 seat arenas and Fleetwood Mac wow. um they toured the same year and Gaither actually sold more tickets than Fleetwood Mac at that time which is wow. really unbelievable so uh yeah <laughs> my, my mom is Candy Christmas and then my grandparents are the Hempills and um they they did a lot of music starting in the 70s and kind of were one of the forerunning gospel music groups at that time, and um, also Howard and Vestal Goodman of the Happy Goodman family. Um, that's my my great aunt and uncle. So um, anyway, wow. Jasmine Christmas Brady. Uh, I've been married for fourteen years to John Michael Brady. We have three kids. So yep, uh, that love that's it. it. So I mean, you kind of come from like Southern gospel royalty a little bit, and it's <laughs> it's, it's interesting because like there's so many uh, different you know cross sections of music and worship that come onto this podcast. Everything from you know super CCM to like ultimate gospel, and then like today I feel like it's kind of cool because I think you can let us a little bit into that world of like Southern gospel music. I just remember when uh, I came to one of the the benefit lunches that. Uh, you guys were having with the Bridge Ministry, and Ricky Skaggs was like at the next table, and I was like, "Wait, where am I right now? This is so <laughs> cool." Uh, but just for our listeners, Jasmine, just tell a little bit of your story. Like, how, how'd you get started? It sounds like you grew up with just music in your blood. How'd you get started with 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 ministry and worship and, and songwriting? Give us a little bit of your story here. Sure. You know, I'm I'm not really sure that I had a choice, honestly, because my parents <laughs> uh, they were evangelizing when when I was growing up. And so, you know, my earliest memories, my parents were taking me on the road. We were going to churches and um, my grandfather wrote a song um, that kind of became a children's song called He's Still Working on Me. And um, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard that. So I grew up singing mm-hmm. that on the road with my mom and and, and then my dad would get, get up and preach. And um, so my earliest memory, this is really a true story. My earliest memory, I was three years old. I was sitting on a church pew watching my mom sing, and I heard the Holy Spirit speak to my heart. And he said, I want you to wow. sing like your mom. And I, I told my parents we had an old conversion van, and I like rode in the middle of their captain chairs right in the front. It was super <laughs> safe. And uh, that night I told them that the Lord had spoke that to me, and they thought, oh, she's three. You know, that's sweet. And um, wow. I, 
I knew that I heard his voice and I've heard the Lord's voice, you know, over the years, many times since. And and it, it was him and God just began to give me songs. Even like as a seven-year-old, I, I wrote songs. And when I was 13, I joined our youth worship team and I, I started writing songs for our youth worship team and, and leading. And um, really, wow. I've been leading worship on a consistent weekly basis since I was 16 years old. That's incredible. I think the coolest thing is that, you know, a lot of times when when people are raised in a musical family, they kind of have like this rebellious thing inside of them that's like, I'll do anything but what my parents do. And uh, (laughs) it's just so cool to see you like raised in it, but then also kind of making it your own. I mean, like, so tell us what what are you doing these days as far as like worship and songwriting? And well, um, my parents started a church when I was 19 and I became their Mm -hmm. worship leader. Then Um, I I was in a music group at college and I quit that and I started driving home every weekend from from Chattanooga to my my parents church here in Nashville. And so I've wow. been their worship leader um for for is that 16 years long time and uh, I'm still <laughs> still their worship leader and our church during COVID grew exponentially and um especially yeah. our online viewership and um mm. now I have a team that it's so incredible. I'm very, very proud of our team. But just leading worship, I, I've written a new worship record, and we're still working on it in the studio. Hopefully, we will release that in um, in the spring. Uh, I get to travel and sing sometimes, and and lead worship out. And mostly, mostly though, it's just music at church. Um, between that and my three kids, um, it keeps me pretty busy. So now, talk to. I mean, you guys definitely grew during a time when a lot of churches were, I would say, not growing. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times when you have like just exponential growth really quickly like that, I mean, you guys like outgrew your building, you went to multiple services. That's right. Um, with, with Regeneration Church um, or Regeneration Nashville. Um, talk to us a little bit about how do you sustain quick growth like that? Because, um, you know, some of us are in a season, you know, we're like that post COVID era churches are, uh, filling up again. I feel like there's, there's this hope and this, this joy and anticipation, I think going into the Christmas season, uh, maybe a lot of churches would double in size, but what does it look like when, when you take on so much growth and you're leading worship and you're trying to get people involved and just have something that's not a quick burst in the pan, but like something that sustains Jasmine, what are a couple of things that you did in that season? Um, to kind of like steward that well? Um, boy, it was a roller coaster. It was an absolute roller coaster. Um, we had so mm. many new people and, and it became almost a whole new church. Um, when, when we were talking about growth, we went from like 125, 150 people to 700 people in like four or five wow. months. So it was, wow. it was huge. And um, some of the things that I did was um, on the like logistics side, I went mm-hmm. ahead and started crafting and, and writing down our identity as a worship team. And um, from from like dress code things, not to be too legalistic, but my parents are old school and, and, and they have a way that they <laughs> desire us to look, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. I, I started crafting some of that and, and really thinking about who we were, who I want to be and who we are in the moment and, and how we can... Um, you know, maintain our identity and all of that. Uh, the second thing was I, I really tried to look at our congregation and um, our congregation, most of them are probably 40 plus. And so oh, there's wow. some songs 
that are really cool that I love that are a little bit too youth groupy, I think, for <laughs> our mm-hmm, congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I didn't want to do just all old songs and I can't do just all new songs because they wouldn't um, connect. So trying to merge um, both the old and the new together in the set list so that everyone can find a place to connect within the set. And then lastly, it was uh, building community. And so I just started um, calling my team, texting my team, creating times for us to get together and to pray um, and and just being super communicative, uh, talking to them about why I do what I do and how I do what I do and um, why. And and not just saying I, but we, because we have a team. We are are all one together. And so this is why we do it here at Regeneration Nashville, how we do it. And, and when people, I think, understand and feel connected, then they can groove in and, and find a place. So those were the, some of the things, I think, that gave us success. That's really good, Jasmine. And, you know, I want to go back to one of the things that you just said, which was bridging the old and the new, because I think many of us find ourselves in, in churches that are multi-generational. And yet there's like personal preferences that we might have in, in style or, you know, just band set up or even, you know, the fact that like, you know, some churches are still uh, trying to figure out the role of like drums and electric guitar and Absolutely. other churches like, dude, dude, we got three electrics on stage. Like, come on, let's, <laughs> like, we got a guitar on stage. You know, it's like, it's like, so what are some of the ways, you know, I, I mean, you said it like, you know, not just picking new songs, but picking some old songs, but what are some other ways where you're able to not, cause you know, sometimes you'll listen to an album even, and it's like, man, this artist has no clue who they are. This song has hard rock. This song has like soft rock. This song sounds like an R and B reject song. Like, right. like, you know, it's like, there's like an identity. And you said, number one, we crafted our identity, like who we are, which I love that. So you set that stage. What did that look like as you looked out and, I mean, I, th- I think it's fascinating that most of your congregation is 40 plus. That's a really unique space here. And right. I want to just talk a little bit about how, how do you do that? What are, what are some ways that you you bridge the old with the new in, in practical and in spiritual ways? Yeah. So like practical ways, some of it is just trying things and then gauging the congregation to see what works and what doesn't. Um, That's like, so good. For instance, I'll tell you just for our church, like chants and like whoa whoa's and all of that, they don't connect. Yeah. They stand there and look at me, and and it's wow. unfortunate because some of that I, I I really like, and um you know they're they're not down as much, and that's okay. So um <laughs> sometimes if if songs have that in it, and I really like the song, I'll just opt not to do the chant. Um, for instance, Praise by Elevation. That's a newer worship yeah. song on the scene. I love that song. We did it on Sunday and I thought our team and, and our church connected with it um, in, in, a, in a great way. But um, I didn't do the chants because I feel like if we come out with a chant immediately, it almost turns yeah. my congregation off. Like, oh, I'm not in, you know? And, and that's mm. unfortunate. So, um, I what I did was within our identity, I started picking songs and arranging them in a way that fits us. Um, another great example is Shall Not Want. Um, our, I find that our 40 plus congregation, if I sing a bunch of different lyrics to bridges or a bunch of different verses, they get lost. And so I simplify it for our church. And I don't always choose to sing it just like the record. Now, I I don't add words. It's just that I'll choose maybe not to do certain sections so that it's simple for our congregation and that they can connect. 
Um, so even though I pick different songs from different genres, like we might do hymns or we might do some like 80s uh, black gospel stuff. My dad loves that Love stuff. It. But what I do is I take the song, I listen, and then I arrange it in a way that I feel like our church would connect to so that even though they may all sound different if you listen to them the way that the artist initially presented them, they sound similar when we all do them because I let our identity bring the continuity to the music. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. I, I, I love that. Like, and you're, you're, you're basically saying, look, I'm not going to take a giant leap. I'm going to take a couple steps here and see how it goes. And if it's received, all right, we'll take another step. We'll go keep, we'll keep going in that direction. We'll keep pushing it. And, and I think that's so brilliant because oftentimes, you know, and I just say this, like I get really excited about something. I'm like, dude, let's go. And I'm already like 50 yards ahead of everybody. And the thing that I've learned, Jasmine, about great leadership, and, and it just sounds to me like you've got this, is that great leaders, they will go ahead, but make sure that everybody's with them instead Absolutely. of leaving them behind. That's so good. And, and I love the fact that when you said 80s black gospel, I'm just thinking like, right, I know y'all do some Ron Cannoli up in your church. <laughs> you know, I don't know how much we do Ron. We do like John P. Key. I don't know if you ever knew Okay, him. let's go. Let's like go. Andre Crouch. Like we wear out some oh, Andre yeah. Crouch, no lie. Classic. Um, so, <laughs> you know, um, we just we just try to merge it all. Um, and then I uh, spiritually, I, I talk logistically, but spiritually I, I listen I try to listen to the Holy Spirit and 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 mm. what He's doing in the set and follow Him. And then all of the, also I try to listen to our congregation. If they're really singing out, if they're really connecting their hands are raised, we'll stay there for a minute, you know. And wow. then and then sometimes if I feel like they're not connected, maybe we'll move on from there and go to some go to the next. Um, but it's I think that worship is such a fluid thing. And when I was a lot younger. Um, I, I didn't know who I was and um, yeah. I was nervous. I wanted people to like me and, and I wanted it to go well. And so I, I think I let my nerves and my own securities drive our worship. And at this point, wow. um, I, gosh, I really don't care if people like me and, and all that. I know that God has Come anointed on. me for this. I, I say this a lot, especially my husband, um, and he laughs. You know, I'm sorry that I'm a woman in ministry. I'm sorry that my dad's the pastor. I'm sorry that I don't have a degree in music. <laughs> but right now, in this moment, God has anointed me for this job, and I'm doing my best wow. to live a life of integrity and to hear him and to serve our congregation the best way I know how. And that's the most that I can give. And so so um, I'm just going to walk in that and, and be super um, just confident in what God has called me to do. And then um, hopefully the Holy Spirit works in it and people are blessed. Come on, Jasmine, you get me fired up on a Friday morning <laughs> recording this thing. That's, <laughs> that's, that's so Well, you know, identity has got to be one of the biggest, um, I would say, challenges and battles in, in the life of a worship leader. Absolutely. And it's the, the confidence, the the comparison, you know, it's the dangers of the music industry. You're right there in Nashville, Tennessee. So, I mean, you know all about that life and yeah. yet figuring out who you are, not being apologetic because dude, I'm here because God's placed me in this moment. And it's not a self-confidence, it's a confidence in the anointing and calling that he's placed on your life. And I love that. And, and knowing you personally, it's like you, you just walk with that, whether you're on a stage or off the stage, there's, there's not an air about you that's 
a uh, self-deprecating and b uh, ego. You know, those are the two ends of pride, right? It's false pride, Thank and then you. it's like over pride. And right. uh, I just love that about you. And, and you know, you said something really interesting, and I want to I want to camp out there for a minute. You know, it's like if if the congregation's not latched on to a song, we'll move on. Talk That's to right. me about the importance of your 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 eyes open in worship. You know, oh, to yeah. see your people. Cause like, that's one of those things where I, I think when people get on stage to lead, there's just a natural tendency. Like I'm going to shut my eyes, but then you're also shutting out the congregation in front of you that you're leading. Like what, what's the importance of opening your eyes in worship? Yeah. So, um, I think it goes back for me quickly to like personal worship. Um, I, I personally worship at home. I have personal worship every day. I listen to music. I lift my hands. I close my eyes. I pray. I read my Bible. I have daily church at home. And so when I go to church, um, I, 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 I worship, obviously, with my whole heart. But I'm going into battle, and I'm leading a troop. And I think a general, like, he can't go into battle with his eyes closed. And he can't go into battle as a single person. He goes in as a leader of a team. And um, I know where I'm going. I'm going to the throne room on Sundays. That's where I'm going. And I know how to get there because I've already been. Mm. Um, But, uh, you know, I've been there all week. So I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna open my eyes, make sure that the congregation is with me, and that they are following me to a place that I already know. And I think that sometimes people um, they they don't know the where God is and how to get to the throne room. So they're closing their eyes. You know, they're nervous, and and they wind up leaving the church behind. And they're on mm. this their own personal journey. And Sunday is so many people's personal journey out in the congregation. And I want to be a good leader. So I open my eyes and I listen and I'm saying, hey, follow me here um, because wow. God, God is going to be where we're going. Does that make sense? Oh, my gosh. That's that's worth the price of admission right there. Like, <laughs> that's just so good because... I think, you know, and we say this so many times, I think it becomes uh, too familiar for worship leaders, but it's like, you can't take people where you haven't been. Um, You can't take people on a Sunday where you haven't been all week. But the fact that you just brought it into this idea of like, I I have my personal worship time where my eyes are closed. Maybe I'm on my knees, you know, maybe my hands are raised. Maybe I'm dancing in in my living room. It it doesn't matter because it's just me and Jesus, right? But then you do have that, you do have that calling and you have that responsibility even I could say of like, you know, for that person who's walking into church for the very first time, they have no idea what personal worship is. Right. And so you're, you're in a role of almost teaching people this is what worship is. And I don't know about you, but I've never been in a classroom where the teacher's eyes are closed. Um, I'll tell you another thing too. This is just a, a quick methodology that I learned that I found so helpful. So like as a mom, there are a lot of times that I'm like throwing my kids in the car on Sundays and, and they're finishing getting dressed in the car and it's chaotic. And, you know, maybe it's been tense at home because there's so much stress to get three kids ready. So when people get to <laughs> church, I think that they're already maybe stressed, maybe frustrated, maybe tense. Um, or they're incredibly broken. They have their guard up. So I always start with a fast song where people can just clap and just to let Mm. their guard down, just like, Hey, come on in, you know, be able to clap a minute and and let the breeze blow through your mind. And then we'll work towards maybe a mid tempo where they can start connecting. 
And by the end of my set, I always end my set with a song that people can sing with their eyes closed. They can connect Mm. with God and they don't have to look at screens. So it can be like a, you know, an old chorus or even a new chorus. We, um, will end sometimes with how great is our God. I think there's still a lot of good in that. Just the chorus, you know, or maybe a a hymn, just the chorus. Um, Sufficient for today, Maverick City is a great, it's a great chorus. Um, But I want people um, to be able to connect with God by the end of the set without looking at me or without looking at screens. And, And I think that that's where they meet God. That's where their hearts are opened for the word. And, and I think that's where lives are changed. So anyway, I just wanted to share that because I found it extremely helpful for our church. That's so good. I, I love that. You know, and I, I would say the same with our church, you know, we open with three songs and it's kind of that idea. You know, I, I kind of look at it as outer courts, inner courts, holy of holies kind exactly. of thing when you go back to that tabernacle and it's like, Hey, the outer courts, everyone was welcome. Anyone could kind of walk out there. The inner courts, it was a, it was a, a more intimate place. I, I think only like, you know, in Levitical times, I think it was only, only the men could enter that place. And then the holy of holies. I mean, we know, you know, it's, it's obviously the high priest one day a year, but right. obviously now with Jesus opening up, you know, all have access to the presence of God. And so I love that idea of like outer courts, inner courts and Holy of Holies, or like you said, like, Hey, outer courts, let's let your guard down. Just come in. Hey, just come in and you're here. Take a deep breath, man. We're here to praise the Lord. So get the hands clapping. I love that. And then that, the, the, by the time you get to that song three, I think your stress is worn off. I, I love how you just put that where it's like, I don't even want them to have to look up if they don't like, like their hearts are just so, uh, open to receive whatever it is that God has for him that morning. That's so good, Jasmine. I, I want to ask you this because to me, it seems like um, you'd have a unique perspective on this. The, the term Holy Spirit led worship or spirit led worship uh, means something different to everybody. Sure. I'd love to know what does Holy Spirit led worship mean to Jasmine? You know, I, at home during the week, I I do I pray a lot and pray that the Holy Spirit would illuminate Himself to me. I love that song. Um, you know, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And the bridge says, "Let us become more aware of Your presence." And yeah. that line in that song really changed my perspective because I want to be aware. I know that the Holy Spirit is here, so I want to be aware of who He is, where He is, what He's doing, what He desires. And so I wow. go into service with a plan. We have a set list. We have charts. We've had a rehearsal. We have arrangements, all of those things. Sometimes we have loops and tracks that we play with. But um, that doesn't negate the fact that when I feel like our people have connected, and the Holy Spirit is working. Sometimes you, I'll watch, I'll see people kneeling. I'll see people with their hands raised or tears streaming down their, their face. And at that moment, I know mm. that the Holy Spirit is here. Sometimes I feel it. I'm up there and it's like I've got chills. And like I just feel like God wow. is moving. And in that moment, I think, let's, let's stay here when the Holy Spirit is manifested. But also, um, I pray sometimes in, in my own heart while I'm leading worship. And I'll say, God, move. God, do what you desire today. God, connect with your people. We've had moments where um, we're worshiping. And my dad, he's the pastor. He'll just come up in the middle of our worship and just start exhorting the people and, and, and speaking what's on his heart. And it's rare. But I know that we've come to the place that the Holy Spirit desires. So being spirit-led, I think, is yielding 
to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to be in control. And it is wow. so scary because when mm. I'm when I'm leading like 700 people and they're all looking at me and I'm an A type personality that in you know I like to be in control so that I can plan, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. Then to all of a sudden say, "Hey, let's just wait here a moment and see what mm. God does. Let's just rest right now in his presence for a minute." And allow God to be in control. It's, it's terrifying for me. It's terrifying. But um, I, sometimes I'll even change the song. It's like I'll, I'll hear a song come in my mind. I'll just hear it. And I'll think, we're going to do that song instead. And I'll look at yeah. our piano player and we'll just change it right on the fly. So being spirit-led doesn't mean not having a plan, but it means willing to yield when the plan changes. Come on. Right? That's really, really good, Jasmine. I, I love that. You know, it's, it's, I just want to encourage you in that too, because I know those moments are scary because it's like, anytime you give up control, uh, you're literally saying, all right, I don't know what's next, but you do. And the coolest thing about those moments is those are usually the moments when we're doing the least where people receive the most. <laughs> I don't, and I don't even know, I don't even know how that makes sense other than in <laughs> God's economy. That's just what he does. But like, I just want to affirm that in you because like we, we've recently started doing that at Destination Church where it's like, you know, instead of just going from song one to song two or song two to three and, you know, quickly getting there with a the transition musically, we just rest for a moment. And, yeah. and it's oftentimes in those moments where God does some pretty amazing spirit work. And like this last weekend, we just kind of paused there. And I did feel like I, I heard from the Holy Spirit, like somebody here has uh, extreme back pain and they just need to receive healing in this moment. So I was kind of like, all right, God, here we go. So I just, I was like, you know, I feel like God wants to do something in, in this moment right now and bring healing. So if you have back pain, I just want you to reach your hands to heaven this morning. And I'm not kidding, Jasmine, probably 300 hands went up. Man, and that's awesome. I, I, and just hearing some stories out of that of like, that was for me, that was for me. And I think it's in those moments where you're so afraid, uh, you know, that things could go wrong where God's like, watch me watch me prove, prove, prove myself here. Absolutely. And, um, I, I love that. Like Holy spirit led worship is not, not having a plan. It's not being afraid to yield when the plan changes. That is, that needs to be on a bumper sticker. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I oh, love it. That's funny. Well, it, it comes from, it, it comes from years of coming home and thinking, man, I should have done X, you know, where yes. like you feel it so strong yes. and scared to death and you come home and think, Oh, why didn't I do it? You know, so wow. then the next time you get there and you think, I don't know, should I, should I? And then I'm like, I don't want to go home with this again. I'm just going to go for it, <laughs> you know? Let's go. And, and I think our pride keeps us from yielding because we don't want to look stupid. And, and, wow. and so, well, you just have to risk it. You have to risk your pride. You have to risk it going wrong and it failing and you looking like an idiot. And I've done all of that. And then wow. every now and then you just, you learn to rest in it, to hear his voice. And it just hits, you know, just hits. Man, And those are the moments where you're just like, that's what you long for. Like yeah. those moments where, you know, everybody's talking about not the cool transition, not that amazing drum break, not the amazing vocal run. They're talking about that moment. Do you remember when it felt like everything was just silent and the Lord spoke so clear 
to everyone in the room. Like that's it right there. God's presence moments. Absolutely. Talk to me about like a powerful story of like a worship experience or a moment like that in God's presence where, where it was just so evident that he was moving. And it was one of those, I call them benchmark moments in your life where it's like, all right, like my faith just exploded. What's next, God? Talk to me about a powerful moment like that, Jasmine. Oh, gosh. It's hard to like pinpoint just one because I feel like we've had just great moments. But the one Mm. um, that comes to my mind right now, we were having a conference and um, we were having it, it had been like Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night. And this was Saturday morning. And honestly, wow. God, I was absolutely give out. Like, I felt like I was so empty and so tired. And we still wow. had service to do, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, it was it was amazing because I got up there and I think I was so tired that my inhibitions were gone. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, uh-huh. I just, I don't, I didn't have the energy to have all of this worry and doubt and all of those things. And I just went wow. in and, and the people uh, I think were there too. And that's what was important. Um, I, I do want to say this from week to week. I think the only thing that changes truly is, is what the congregation brings. So like we rehearse the wow. same way. I pick the sets the same way. We, it, it's all the same. But I think what changes week to week besides what God wants to do is really what the people bring. And if you're a congregant listening, I would say come in with a ready heart, ready to worship, mm. ready to praise, because it changes the atmosphere. It really, really does. And so the wow. people were at that same place with me. And I just started, I just, um, in the middle of it, I could feel them like, it felt like a horse ready to run. I don't know if you've ever ridden a horse, <laughs> but like, that's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. They were all just with me and just jumping, like just ready to go. And so in the middle of it, I just did an altar call. And I'm like, look, the presence of God is here. I mean, God is moving. If you want more, come to the altar right now, come to the front. And the whole mm. church just like rushed the front. And it felt like the more we sang, the more it just amped up. And 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 by the end of it, I felt like I was screaming and it wasn't loud enough. <laughs> and the wow. people were singing so loud. And I was just, I was jumping and they were jumping. And honest to God, I thought, this is it. The rapture is coming. We are here. Like, we're about to <laughs> Yes, yeah. We're taking right. it Jesus is coming back now. Oh, and finally, um, I, I, I let it ride until I felt like a deep breath, like a sigh. Like my mom calls it praying through, you know, when you pray and finally it's like, (sighs) and I I felt it lift. Mm. And in that moment I gave it back to the speaker. Um, But, and she said, you know, we could have kept going all day and and she was right. But I think it was just (laughs) that the inhibitions were gone. We changed songs. We allowed the people to come forward and engage how they would. And and I wasn't afraid to just be me. I, I just worshiped. Wow. I danced. And um, because there had been so many services, really, the plan didn't matter anymore. And wow. it can't always be that way. It's like a special set of circumstances. Um, I'll just tell you one more really quick. It's not nearly as long, but a couple weeks ago, um, we were, we were worshiping like that and it just felt like it was on fire. And, and I thought, I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't, if you follow my dad, King Christmas, he's very prophetic. That's really what brought him to the, 
the forefront in our church. And so our church mm-hmm. is a very prophetic church, although our worship isn't as prophetic. But um, in the middle of it, we just, we, we waited and here he came and he came and prophesied for like 45 minutes. We didn't do anything else. Wow. It was just like worship in this prophetic moment. So, you know, it, I, I wish that I could create that every single time. And there's just yeah. so many different um, aspects to, to going into those moments. But um, boy, it feels so good when you get there. Oh my gosh. I, I love what you said where, you, where you're just like, look, we're just too tired to let our inhibitions get in the way. I think we need some more tired Sundays like that where it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's like, man, like I just imagine, you know, David, after he danced, it was kind of like that where it was like that just sigh of like, God, I gave it all. I gave it all. And you showed up. Yeah. And I think we, we need God to show up. Uh, he, he never turns down an invitation. And I think, like you said, it's, it's going to change week to week what the congregation brings in that, that heart of anticipation, not anxiety, but anticipation, expectation, uh, over, over anything like where it's like, you, you just expect, Hey, God's going to meet us here. God's going to show up. That's what he does. He's going to show up and show off and we're going to leave changed. And, uh, I think for us as worship leaders, worship teams, uh, and worshipers, it's, it's, it's gotta be, um, we can't hit autopilot. We can't hit rinse and repeat. We can't hit copy and paste. Uh, it's gotta be one of those things where it's like, all right, God, um, do what you do. I'm going to bring like, it's, it's one of those things like what is, I think it's St. Augustine that was like, um, you know, work as if everything depended on you pray as if everything depended on God. Yes. That's such a great heart to have in, in leading worship. Uh, Jasmine, I feel like we could talk all day, but oh, I want man, to respect your time. We could. Uh, I, I, I got one more question for you and, and I cannot wait, uh, to just kind of hear and receive. Cause I feel like this has just been such a blast so far. But, um, one of the questions I love asking people is just what's the Holy spirit speaking to you right now? Um, kind of for such a time as this, you know, like, like we see a lot of things happening in the global church and the big church. Um, some, not so good. A lot of great things. Uh, a lot of things where, um, like, we're praying, praying for right now. Obviously, globally, there's a ton of things happening on on the map that uh, I think our prayer radar is up right now. But I would I would ask you, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? What is he, what's He putting on your heart? Um, that's a great question. I believe that God is always speaking, and it's up to us to be listening. Um, mm. a, a couple of of, of things that I feel in this, in this season and in, in the world um, and in our country and in the church, there's, I feel like there's such chaos and, and attack. Um, it makes me think of the scripture in Revelation, the enemy has come down with great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. And wow. um, I believe that the enemy knows he has a short time. Um, we see attacks on Israel. Um, we've seen, you know, uproar, um, attack on identity in our own country. And, Mm. um, and, and, and then it's beginning to draw lines in the church. So I've, I've talked about a a little bit, um, on this podcast, I've talked about identity. I think that there's never been a time like this time where identity is more important than it is now. And, um, I think sometimes we've looked to the future to figure out what our identity is like how is this all going to play out and uh, I'll, I'll, what ha- whatever happens then i'll decide what side i'm on or you know like um just kind of letting identity develop as it all comes 
And I mm. think that that's great. But I also think looking to the past too, to find out where the people have come from on whose shoulders we stand. I stand on wow. people's shoulders today. I stand yeah. on yeah. my grandparents' shoulders that forged the way musically for me. I stand on my parents' shoulders who have birthed this church and are hearing God. You know, So I don't stand mm. here today alone. I didn't get here on my own merit. I've come from a history, a long line of people. And if you're listening today and you think, well, I'm a first-generation Christian, let me tell you, friend, you stand on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. You stand on the shoulders of the church fathers. Um, there yeah. are a lot yeah. of people that have gone before us to get us here. And so I look back to those people and I think, what what made them who they are? What are the um, the 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 tenets of their faith and the tools that shaped them spiritually? Right now I'm studying spiritual formation. Um, I'm working on my Master's of Divinity at Regent University with a concentration in spiritual formation because I believe in spiritual formation. Um, And so... I think we have to look to what has shaped us and our faith community and us not throw those those pillars away in the name of relevance and, um, you know, the emerging church. Because I know that the so church good. is going forward, but we will mm-hmm. never be who God has called us to be unless we stand on the foundation that has already been laid. The Bible says um, a wise man pulls out of his treasures the old and the new. So it can't be just the new worship music. It can't be just the new ideology. It has to be the old as well that shapes us into a well-rounded Christian. And I'll tell you the only way, the only way to get the answer to who we are is to dig into the word of God and read it for ourselves. And then um, to pray and listen to the Holy Ghost. I started a Bible reading program um, 13 years ago. God called me to read the Bible through. And so um, this is my 13th year um, reading cover to cover. I read the Old Testament once, the New Testament twice. It's not a testament to me. It's a sacrifice um, unto the Lord. But that right there has been the greatest thing to shape my Christian life is to find out what the Bible says and my place in the story. Mm. And I think that we'll never be the Christian's that God desires us to be will never be the leaders God desires us to be without digging into his word and leaning into his voice. Dude, I, I, I think uh, if you're not challenged right now as you're listening, uh, go grab another cup of coffee because <laughs> this is this is fire today. And I think, you know, what you've shared is so powerful that, you know, the enemy's tactics aren't anything new. The enemy, you know, Satan is the most unoriginal uh, you know, he, he's an accuser of the brethren. Everything he does, he steals or perverts from what God has created and made good. And, you know, so so there's not going to be any new types of attacks. I think, you know, for us, we got to remember that, you know, yeah, the, the church has always been under attack. Today, we feel it more probably in our lifetime than we've ever felt before. Right. Um, and, and I think we've got to be on the alert. There's something, Jasmine, that I, I just finished reading this incredible book uh, by the author uh, Chase Replogo. It's a book called Five Masculine Instincts. And he's just talking about like a, a man's identity. And I think in today's culture, Um, You know, those are taboo words. And I'm like, no, I'm going to speak life and identity over my son. I'm going to speak it over me. Absolutely. Um, You know, and I feel like that's the thing that culture has tried to take is is identity, because if we don't know who we are, then we're rendered defenseless. We're also rendered like we can't go on the offense. 
And I think, you know, the kingdom of God advances. It doesn't retreat. It advances. It goes on the offense. And for us to be able um, to be, I guess, battle ready, we've got to be battle tested. And I'm just so grateful for what you just shared, because it reminds me today that like, dude, we're standing on the shoulders of giants that have gone before us. Like, I mean, I I love my reading schedule kind of goes new author, old author. So I'm like always digging into, you know, guys like A.W. Tozer, N.T. Wright, um, C.S. Lewis, going back to some of the church church fathers, uh, apostolic fathers like Polycarp and Clementine. and, And it's just so it's so fun to dig into that stuff because you just realize like, man, our story is woven in with their story. That's right. You know, it's, it's, it, and, it, and it will continue on until the day that Christ returns. And I feel like uh, we just need to be reminded that we're part of such a bigger story and their identity, um, you know, it's a part of ours. You know, it's like our identity is first and foremost in Christ. You know, like if you're a new creation, obviously, you know, it was second Corinthians five seventeen, um, you know, the, that we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. So our identity has to first and foremost be founded in him, but to know that we do stand on the shoulders of, of giants that have gone before Jasmine, I'm so encouraged uh, oh, today. Man. I think you can hear me it in too. my voice right now. I'm, I'm encouraged um, too. Where's a place that people can find out what you're doing online. Maybe hear some music. Uh, we're going to post in the show notes, uh, a link to Jasmine's website so you can hear some music. And, uh, but yeah, just tell us what you're up to these days and how we can find you. Um, I'm on, um, iTunes, Apple music, Spotify, um, all of that. So you can look up Jasmine Brady and, and I have, um, some music there. And then, um, we're always streaming, um, on Facebook, Regeneration Nashville. I think my music page on Facebook, Jasmine Brady Music on, on Facebook, um, is also streaming our services where I'm leading worship every week. So yeah, check it out there. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, thanks for being on Worshipology. Thank you, Pastor Curtis, for the invitation. I'm honored. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.